You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 102. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. You are checking out episode 102. As always, it's an honor and privilege to have you here for the next 20, 30 minutes or so. And let's jump right in because it's summer, right? I mean, I generally notice a drop in listenership during the summer because people are like, fuck, school's out for summer. And it's not out forever (laughs) unless you were a graduate recently. And even then I can attest to this, that you're always a student of nothing else life. And I know it's cliche, but honestly, if you stop learning, then you really just allow the ebbs and flows of life to direct your change. And it's always up to you to be on top of your own personal responsibility of your change work and, and of noticing where it is that you can begin to grow. And for me, I've been putting a lot of internal effort into relationships and thinking about relationships and thinking about how I can be better at my relationships and I can be more communicative. I can reach out to people more often. I can uh, talk more heart-centered and vulnerably to those that are around me. And it's not easy. It's not easy for me because at a young age, uh, my stepdad who raised me from the time I was three on up till, you know, basically 18 when I left for college. And then I had a little bit of a stint in his house again from 21 to 25 while I went to junior college in Orlando. Um, he did not show his emotions very well. He bottled them up. He didn't talk about them. And there was really just not a whole lot of emotional communication from him, let alone any kind of emotional feelings. Now, my mother was very emotional and she was my primary caregiver. And even though she was extremely ill, most of my childhood with Crohn's disease, I still very much realized that being in touch with one's emotions um, too much could cause you to really just almost be at effect of your emotions. And you just feel like you are always in an emotional state. So that's what I learned from her was that she allowed her emotions to control a lot of her. And I felt like there was a lack of personal control. I'm not even sure that's the right term, but I'm trying to remember back to when I was younger. And then with my dad, um, and again, I call my dad's, my stepdad's dad. I call, I I had two dads. I had my bio dad and my stepdad. And I call them both dad. And one of them's passed away. And that's the stepdad. He didn't show any emotion at all. He just shut down anytime, all the time. And so I have these two battling perspectives of emotions inside of me, and I'm looking to heal through it, right? My trauma is not my fault. Healing through it is absolutely my responsibility. I want you to remember that too when you start to look back at your childhood, your teenage years, any kind of sufferings or trauma, um, PTSDs that you might have from a myriad of ways that we can be traumatized as children. And I want you to realize it is your responsibility to heal through it. Don't be triggered by that. Be encouraged by that. Be challenged by that. You are the creator of your life. And in this moment, I am challenging you. I also will be coaching you in the same podcast because that's what I do. I challenge and I coach. And I want you to sit in the seat of creatorship, not victim, villain, bully, or victim, villain, hero. 
right, victim bully hero. I don't want, we're, we're releasing the victim mentality. We're stepping into our own personal power. And we do that by actually paying attention to our change work and actually paying attention to our evolution and the transformations that we can be making in life. And this is why you don't just want to stop being a student of life. You want to become very much aware of ways that you can grow uh, personally, professionally in your relationships. And so I have been putting a ton of effort into my relationships. And the closest one to me, the person I spend the most time with, we often butt heads. And um, because she's a female, I don't often communicate as well as I could, right? You know, in living in this house, there is very much of that um, sort of triad of I've got the mom and the dad kind of emotional hindrances in my head that I'm working my way through. And at the same time, I'm living with someone who uh, has a lot of qualities of both that I seek to understand at a deeper level. And so when we get into conversations about things that she would have a differing opinion than I, right? Rather than trying to argue my point for why I think that I'm right, I actively seek to ask more questions just to get in touch with why she feels that way, what her opinion, what her belief is about it. I don't have to condone, let alone even accept, or even accept and let alone condone the things that she's saying. That's not what we seek in these communication connection moments to condone or to agree, right? Because even if we both believed in the same uh, politics, we would still probably have many differences around those different belief patterns, right? I mean, you know, just because like I love the environment, I think it should be the number one priority. It's, it's literally, it's like letting your house fall into disrepair. You wouldn't want to let your house fall into disrepair. It's what keeps you safe at night. It's where you feel secure. It's where it, it, it keeps you warm in the winter and cool in the summer. It's your home. You take care of it, right? Cleanliness, godliness, and all those other cool cliches. Well, the earth is our home, but yet for some reason, we don't want to protect it the same way we would our own home. Sidebar, if you don't clean your house as a college person, you're not just being the quintessential college kid right? You're living on ramen noodles and living in a pigsty. You're just being lazy. Clean your damn house. Wash your dishes. Don't let them stack up in the sink. It's just a sidebar. I'll walk away from that one now. That's another episode. What I want to circle back to and make, we, make sure we stay on point is that you don't have to agree with everybody else's opinion. And you don't have to smash your opinion upside their head in hopes that you'll get them to adopt your opinion. That's not going to work, all right? We've all lived a certain life, and we have these memories of our experiences that we've internalized in our own heads. We've created opinions around those, which then begin to fuel our beliefs and then our values. And once you start attaching your values to your beliefs and your opinions, that's it. Those things are going to be pretty solidified inside of you. There's going to be things that throughout your life, while there could be uh, some changes and some ebbs and flows, ebb and flow apparently is my word of the podcast, you're still going to have the values stay pretty much in line, right? Your um, 
the things that you find interesting, I mean, when I'm a kid, it was video games and baseball cards. Uh, now I don't find video games and baseball cards as enjoyable, but I absolutely still enjoy um, the statistical averages um, that I find in life. I absolutely still enjoy numbers and video games are very much about statistical averages and numbers, right? So I still see where those interests um, are still valued in my life just in different ways. And you will notice that too. But to really be clear is that you will find yourself sabotaging your relationships. You'll find yourself struggling in your communication when you feel that it's more important to be right and get your opinion across and make sure you feel heard or that the other person agrees with you than if you just state your opinion, allow it to be a fun communication opportunity back and forth, and then you walk away saying, all right, cool, you got your way, I've got mine, no harm, no foul. No, you're not just going to snap your fingers and change me. I'm not just going to snap my fingers and change you. And in fact, I don't really want to change anyone. I want to inspire you to motivate yourself to change. That's where I feel more compelled to work. And the summer is a great opportunity to do that, right? This is, this is a great opportunity for you to step back if you're not taking college uh, summer classes or high school summer classes or whatever you might be or not doing. You have this summer where it's like, wow, we've we've got a lot of free time. Um, and again, this is a different scenario for so many people. I think I've got a couple hundred listeners in the Southern Hemisphere. You're right smack dab in the winter, in the middle of your winter. Uh, for those up here in the States and in Western Europe, we do more of a full on calendar year school system now. So for a lot of you, you may be like, dude, I only got three weeks off. Whatever it might look to you, release the feeling to judge my statement right or wrong when I say you have a lot of time over the summer to start thinking about how you can personally grow yourself and just realize that it's not just the summer. It's any time you can be personally growing yourself. So let's jump into a really cool book that I came across today while rummaging through my office trying to find my motorcycle key. I still didn't find the motorcycle key, and I'm a little worried because I'm trying to move my motorcycle, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull that off. It is a book by Stuart Wilde called Life Was Never Meant to Be a Struggle. And the very and I flipped through it to see what this book was all about. And the very first page I turned to, uh, it, it's got like these 10 ways that your life was never meant to be a struggle. And I immediately opened it up to number seven. And it was about conflict. And let me read this to you. Your ability to handle conflict. This is number seven in the book. Conflict is always just a divergence of opinions. Are you struggling to convince others that your opinion is right? And if you are right, so what? To win a moral victory at the expense of your sanity is dumb. And what I really loved about this one is that it really brought it back home to me that my opinion about politics, my opinion about the pandemic, my opinion about socioeconomic backgrounds, or social issues, or the financial system, whatever my opinion might be, it is merely my opinion. And other people have existed and lived a life. They have done things before me. They will do things after me. They will have experiences that draw them to have beliefs and opinions and values in many, many, many different ways. It is extremely important that you begin to realize that if your number one goal is always to beat somebody else up over the side of the head with your opinion, to get them to agree with you or to get them to see it your way at the sake of your sanity, then it sounds like you're expending a whole lot of energy 
being mad about absolutely nothing. It's cool to have opinions. It's absolutely cool to be fired up and charged up to want to make some changes in the world. And I'm saying this specifically because there's another one in this book coming up where he says something a little bit opposite, and I can't wait to dive into that. So I do think it's really cool to have things that you're passionate about and things that you want to see changed, and you want to be the instigator of that change. I equally think it's important that you allow space for other people to have differing opinions than yours. And you don't look at them as the bully or look at them as the villain when you're not getting your way, when you're reading about things that that go contrary to what you want to be seeing happening. And instead, it's going a different way. You don't need to go and ream everybody around you that doesn't believe in what you you believe. You just need to to slide into this idea of acceptance of people for who they are. For any one person who might have a quality about them that I'm not necessarily thrilled about, I can equally find in myself qualities that they're probably not thrilled about. And since we all know that we're never going to be completely happy with somebody else 100% of the time, isn't it best to just settle into this idea that they have the, the freedom to be themselves and I have the freedom to be myself and my opinion is no more valuable than theirs? Right, We can work together for change in a positive direction. And maybe somebody should listen to this portion of the podcast in Washington, D.C., and we'd stop acting like assholes to each other. Number six in the book, your attitude to the world, your life, your evolution is your business. What others do is their business. If you let the world affect how you feel, what you are saying is, I do not make my own decisions. I just have a Pavlovian response to anything that may twang my emotions. Are you struggling to fix the world? If so, why? It's a bit of an ego trip when people think they can fix things. If you can see the world as infinite evolution, you would know that it's more or less perfect and does not need fixing. It's only when we view the world within the finite context of our emotions and ego that it looks less than perfect. You can instantly become happy and free by by deciding to leave the world alone and concentrate instead on yourself. By strengthening yourself, you serve all of humanity, and each of us is linked to one another. Okay, so that like that last 45 seconds was straight out of the book. Maybe I should have prefaced that first so you didn't think I was saying it all, but from your attitude to the world around you, your life, your evolution, all the way to each of us is linked to another, to one another, all from the book. Go ahead and hit the back button on your podcasting app twice. This should take you about, about a minute, maybe hit it three times, minute and a half, and you can hear it all over again. The coolest part about that, and the one I would want to question a little bit is, are you struggling to fix the world? If so, why? It's a bit of an ego trip when people think they can fix things, right? Now, if you think that, if you really sign up for that, then all of a sudden when you see toxic water, when you see people um, living next to pig farms who are having sprinklers full of pig poop, um, you know, constantly stinking up their neighborhood, when you see poverty in other countries, when you see poverty in your own town, in your own home, right? It, it almost makes it sound like, well, I can't fix that. I shouldn't fix that. I should just fix myself and everything will be fine. This is where I would have a differing opinion here. I think it's extremely important that if we see injustice in the world, that we stand up for it in the way that we feel more comfortable, right? Some people want to march down the middle of the street, but holding banners and doing that. 
I would rather, you know, find myself in a conversation with someone with a differing opinion and just have a very mild-mannered, very emotionally grounded conversation that allows both of us to express our opinions because I realize that when you when you talk to somebody at an emotionally vulnerable connected way, you actually connect. When you scream at each other in their face and you get emotionally triggered, there is no connection. You're basically saying whatever you are getting ready to respond with is wrong, I am right, and you're a dumbass. And that's ridiculous. That, that's an absolutely ridiculous way to communicate. That, it, that, gets no, that gets us nowhere fast. And I don't want to get nowhere fast. I want to be able to grow. And I realize that growth can often be slow. It can often be painful. Uh, and again, that's more of a perspective thing. It doesn't have to be painful. But it can be uncomfortable, Right? And it's okay when it's uncomfortable. I do absolutely believe in what Stuart Wilde says here. By strengthening yourself, you serve all of humanity because each one of us is linked to one another. I remember reading somewhere that all humans are born with the same potential and the same opportunities. Some of us just take more advantage of it than others. I believe that we're all born with the same potential. I do not believe that we are born with the same opportunities. You cannot tell me that somebody in, uh, you know, uh, the Watts district, the the Compton area of Los Angeles, has the same opportunities as someone born in Be- Bel Air and Beverly Hills. I just don't believe that. All right, I, I've been in, I've been in both of those areas enough to know that the opportunities are not the same. The environment is not the same. The people around and the hope they have, for the life they can create, is not the same. The school systems are nowhere near comparable. The poverty level is atrocious in one and non-existent in the other, right? It is not the same opportunity. But the potential of two different babies born in those differing neighborhoods, the, the potential in both of them is absolutely equal. And that's where we as humans drop the ball because we are not making sure that each human has the opportunity to live to their fullest potential. If we actually strove to make sure that everyone had that opportunity to achieve their highest potential, we'd be looking at one of the most amazing planets in the solar system. Okay, that's a little bit too small. I meant the Milky Way galaxy. Of course, we're the best planet in the solar system. We're the only one that knowingly holds life that can think and talk. We win that award. But we don't know what's going on on the other planets, let alone how many of them are holding life. My point being, now that I've gotten lost in some Neil deGrasse Tyson moment, is that if we put more effort into making sure people could achieve their highest potential, we would see just the most amazing energetic spiritual shift on this planet. And we would make sure that we could prosper for thousands of years. That's not how we choose to do things. I'd be lucky. We should feel lucky if humanity is still around the way that we're experiencing it now in 500 years, let alone a thousand. Right, we are not going down a good path. This world is going to blow itself up at some point. Uh, let's see what other ones are really dope in this book. Your emotional balance. Emotional turmoil is yet another program response. As children, we are taught to cry to get what we want. Your reaction to an emotional situation is just your opinion. It is not necessarily truth. Gauge the level of your emotional rage. Everyone has it. If it comes up within you, do something positive to release it. Avoid conflict. Remember, only the fool stands and fights. The sage walks away. 
It's pointless to get your knickers in a twist if a certain person fails to react the way you want. It's best to avoid people in situations that drive you crazy. Remember to vote with your feet. If a situation is untenable or unchangeable, walk away. This goes back to the conflict. This goes back to the fixing everything. To think that you can fix everything, the, the, to, to think that if you just continue to push the conflict, that somehow it will change and, and you will get what you want, and then that's somehow going to make life happier or more harmonious, just doesn't seem to make much sense to me. So let's look at how we handle our emotional intelligence. Go back about 10 or 15 episodes ago where I talk about emotional intelligence and self-awareness and self-management, social awareness, relationship management, and realize that the only person you can control in a, in a communicative moment is you. You cannot control how the other person talks back to you. You cannot, you cannot control how they listen to you. You cannot control what they do with that information moving forward. You can merely just be there controlling your own words and your own emotions and your own tonality and your own physiology. Everything else that happens is outside of your control. So like he says, why are you getting your knickers in a bunch? Getting all uptight and pissed off about something that you can't control is, to me, absurd. It doesn't mean that I don't see things and read things in the news that get me emotionally charged. I just release it back out into the universe because holding on to that rage isn't going to do me much good. I can't just snap my fingers and have the Pacific garbage patch go away. I can't watch Seaspiracy and see what the fishing industry is doing to the planet and snap my fingers and just have it magically solved. I can stop eating seafood. I can do my best to recycle the plastics that are recyclable and not use the ones that aren't recyclable. But it gets to a point where my activism can only be managed so much in a world that does not make it convenient to take care of the environment in a way that seems replicatable by 7 billion people. So I do my best, and then I release the rest out to the universe, knowing that it is what it is, what will be what will be. It doesn't mean I don't care. It doesn't mean I don't try. I turn off the seek when I brush my teeth, right? I, 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 don't let the, I don't take showers five times a day, right? I do my best to manage the air condition in the middle of the day and, and my electricity being left on. I do the best that I can with the resources and knowledge I have, and I release the rest back out into the universe. So do the same. Don't get yourself all worked up over something that you honestly can't control. And if you and if you decide that you aren't ready to let it go, that you want to be worked up about it, then go do something about it. This is why when I read that one about not worrying about fixing things in college, there's a group and an organization for every single belief, for every single uh, race or gender or uh, or social injustice, all of it, all of it. If you if 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 it's got you straight up fired up, right, and it, and just doing the just doing a little bit isn't enough then go, go, be awesome. Be totally part of that. Don't get upset when other people around you don't have the same passion for it that you do though. I have a ton of passion about personal growth and development, about understanding the brain, understanding emotional intelligence, about reading really cool books and turning them into podcasts and turning them into programs and coaching people and mentoring people and training people. Like I'm so freaking excited about doing this stuff. I could do it for 17 hours a day, 17 straight days and still have enough energy to do it again. But that's my passion. I don't need my girlfriend to also have the same passion. 
She can have her passions. I'll have my passions. We'll meet back in the middle of the dinner table and we'll chat each other up about our passions. And then you go off and be involved in your passion. And I'll go off and be involved in mine. We can come back in the middle and do it all over again. You don't need everyone to get on your bandwagon. But if you've got a, a cause that means that much to you, then you go and create your own bandwagon. And it might take some time for other people to want to jump on. But eventually, if it is if it is if it is honored with integrity and gratitude and humility, people will hear you. They will join you. They will want to be a part of that. And those are the people you can get fired up with. Don't expect every single person in your life to just get all on board with what you're passionate about. Realize that they have their own passions. This is what I tell people when they ask me to do things. Hey, can you work on this project with me? Can you collaborate with this with me? And I'm like, you know, you can tell me what you're talking about. But honestly, I already have a ton of things prioritized in my life. And the likelihood that I'm going to unprioritize something I already care deeply about to get on board with this thing that you clearly feel deeply about, but maybe I don't. And then you're going to want to get mad at me when I say no. This is your thing. If you've got enough passion around it, you can get it started on your own. Let me know when you've got some momentum and I'll step up and and see if there's a way that I can be of service to your idea without it necessarily having negative consequences to my already prioritized things in my life. And I think that's good. Your ability to handle stress is extremely important. Release and let go that which is eating you up. Do you understand how to handle your stress? Some top-notch strugglers like to create stress so they can feel excitement in their lives. That's Stuart Wilde's line. And I, I would agree with that. Watch reality shows. I get it's sort of semi-scripted, so some of, that, some of that nonsense back and forth is probably created through editing. But there are literally, you know those people who just seem to be like the bulldozers, who just seem to be the ones who have to keep things interesting in their life by constantly uh, finding things to stress them out. And if there's nothing to stress them out, then they'll start an argument with somebody and now they got something to pay attention to. And last but not least, your your psychological state. If your psychological state causes you anguish, it uh, it will be either a byproduct of your physical state or once more of your opinion. How much of each applies to you? Your psychological state has a ton to do with your physical body. Do you not feel good? Do you eat poorly? Do you drink too much? Do you smoke too much? Do you sit around all day and not get enough activity? These kinds of things will absolutely affect your psychological state. The other thing that will affect your psychological state is holding so steadfast to your opinion that you create no space for somebody else to have an opinion of their own. I cannot stress this enough in a world full, at least in a country full of cancel culture. And he said, she said, I'm right. You're wrong. It is imperative that you open up space around you for other people to have differing opinions. Even if that differing opinion just seems so blasphemous to you, things have happened in their lives that have caused them to believe the way they think is okay. Perhaps it's even righteous. You don't know what they've experienced. Sit down, ask them, understand them. It is better to connect through communication than to use it as a way to tear people down and apart. 
if you're yelling in somebody's face and getting emotionally triggered and not even creating a space for them to even respond or talk back in a, in a loving way to, d- to dive in deeper and to get to know you more, then you might as well just be yelling it in a mirror because you aren't, you aren't asking for any feedback. You just want to yell it till your face is red so that somebody knows your opinion is righteous for you. Well, congratulations. You're going to basically be stuck only being friends with people who think exactly like you. And eventually, they're going to disagree with you. That's going to anger you even more. That friendship will fall apart. And then you get to be alone. (laughs) Might have been a little dramatic finish right there. But the point being is, open your mind. Just like a parachute, the mind only works when it's open. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. If you are in the mood for a five-day challenge that will absolutely show you the way to destroy self-sabotage in your life and create the best life you have ever had, you need to hop over to my Facebook. You need to hop over to my Instagram. You need to click on the bio link. The very first one is called the five-day challenge winning formula registration. Over on my Facebook page, Jesse Mogul, I have made it public so that you can get a hold of this link. Go. It's delivered to your inbox. It is delivered uh, via email so that you can literally click a link. The video is hosted on another platform. You don't even have to download anything. You've got five days to absolutely change your life in so many, in so many, in so many different avenues. I cannot even begin to tell you. It doesn't matter when you are listening to this. It could be three years from now. Go over to my Instagram. Check out what programs I have to offer. It could be the winning formula. It could be harnessing healthy habits. It could be the Quantum NLP Academy. It could be so many things. I don't even know. I haven't invented them yet. (laughs) You You are in the future listening to Jesse from the past. So that's it. Be awesome. Glow on. Shout out to Sunshine. Uh, You guys just be splendid out there. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your summer for whatever length it is, for how much ever time you have. At least the states are opened up. Go out, swim in a pool, swim in an ocean, go to a movie, go go eat dinner, go be around friends, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, get vaxxed, don't get vaxxed. I don't care. It's your opinion. I know what I did, and I'm cool with that. Be well. See you next week. Bye-bye.